Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. Uh, thanks so much for being at the first ever 1030. Give yourselves a hand. So great. Uh, uh, so glad that you're all here today. And on um, behalf of my wife, Renata, and I, we're grateful and thankful uh, for you and thankful for what God is doing. And it's good to see all of you. I-, I want you to open up your Bibles, if you've got them, to Matthew chapter 6. Um, we're in the third week of a series called Rooted. And uh, the first week we talked out of Ephesians 3 that we would be rooted and established in love. And then last week we talked out of Psalm chapter one. We talked about being like trees by the stream with deep roots. And today uh, I wanna just make the center of the target focusing in on your personal time alone with God. So this will be the last week in that series. We're gonna go there. Matthew chapter six, I'm gonna read this text and then we'll pray and then we'll go after this. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, which it's great right there in Matthew chapter six, where he hits on uh, secret giving, secret prayer, and secret fasting. So he's challenging you to form a secret life around these spiritual things where the reward is to be seen by your Father in heaven. And so let's read the one on prayer. That's where we're gonna go. Says this, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door. Say, close the door. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Light the candle, everything is all right. You know that song? No, okay. My mama used to sing this song, shut the door, keep out the... No, okay, all right. Sunday school, comes out, all right. Uh, But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, all right? Those are the the three phrases we're gonna hit on today. Close the door, pray to your father, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Motive right there. They think they will be heard, why? Because of their many words, what they do. For they, uh, for, do not be like them, for your father who knows what you need before you ask him. Quite a few ideas here. We're gonna highlight three of them. Father, we love you today. We pray that the word of God would come alive in our heart. We pray that we would live it. I ask, Lord Jesus, for each person at Radiant, every man, every woman, every student, every child, every teenager, Lord, we ask that we would be people that know you in the secret place and spend time with you. God, I do ask, Lord, for banning. I pray that you would strengthen him. I pray that you give him wisdom and strength. We pray for CJ. We pray for their three children. God, we ask, Lord, that you would be near their family. Uh, And the scripture says you're near the brokenhearted. Would you be near them today? Would you be near them in, in the upcoming weeks? God, we thank you, Lord, for Brandon and John and their new church plant that starts today in Miami. God, we pray your strength and your blessing on them as they begin. God, we ask that that church would be a light for generations to come. We thank you for the privilege of being your people. We honor you and Radiant Church said, amen. Amen. I wanna juxtapose or compare two different conversations that I had this week. So last Sunday, did you guys enjoy John Egan? He was here with us and got, yeah, two of you did. And so John Egan was with us. Yeah, that's better, all right. And uh, 
And I love John. I've got this long history with John Egan. Uh, we were buzz. So we were like David and Jonathan. We always had those jokes and he was a musician. And we'd always, man, we're buds and we're brothers. And, and we didn't serve in the palace together, but we served at a big church together. We always had these big jokes about doing life together. And last week I picked him up on Saturday. And, and from the moment that he got in the car, I mean, we were just back and forth. We, had, we, have, we have so much history together that it was easy to pick up on former friendships, former relationships. It's easy to talk about some memories that we had. Easy to talk about current things because there's a lot of similar relationships still going on. He's been here multiple times, so he cares about you. I worked at the church there for 15 years. I care about people that are still there, so we're connecting about relationships. We're, we're remembering old days where we're talking about where some of the dreams that God had put in our hearts came to fruition, and, and it's just vibrant conversation, and it's a long talk because all of you know Kansas City Airport is way up there north, and so long talk, except especially when you hit traffic. And so, and so, and so it's, it's a vibrant and it's alive. And, 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 then, uh, and then I pick him up for Sunday morning and we're talking, he wanted, he asked me to get up early and pick him up for coffee before the morning service. Why? Because he likes me. Why? Because he's like, let's just connect again. So, so we, had a, we had coffee together before church. And then after church, I went out with my family and we had a meal and I just wanted all, my whole family to spend time with him and talk with him. Why? Because we're buds, we're friends. Conversation's enjoyable. It's easy. It's, it, there's so much in common. We've got We've got a lot of history together. We've got a very similar vision. I mean, for years, we had this vision, a generation, desperate pursuit of God. And right now we're serving in local churches and, and a lot of the same value systems, like a lot of the same core ideas that we're committed to. And, and, so, and so the history is similar, the vision is similar, the values are, center, are, are, are similar. And so it makes, it makes conversation fun and enjoyable. And I went to pick him up last Sunday night after he spent time with our worship team. And during the time with the worship team, one of them asked in a Q&A session, what's your favorite song you've ever written? To which he replied, my favorite song was never really sung much on the radio. Apparently others didn't like it that much, but I liked it. It was a song called Take Me to the River. And so you don't have to download it. I'm gonna sing it for you right now. Take me to the river. That's how it goes. All right, and so... Uh, and so he said that, and he said, and so then Sarah Anderson, who's Rachel Dorinsky's sister and moved here from Cincinnati, she said to John afterwards, you said that others didn't enjoy the song or that it didn't get big, but I want you to know that as my mom was in her last days struggling with her battle with cancer, she listened to that song daily. It was her favorite song. In fact, when Rachel went to the conference, Rachel held up her iPhone as you sang it loud. In fact, that was the song that she requested to be sung at her funeral. In fact, four people gave their life to Jesus at her funeral. And John just got all teary as he got into the car with me, telling me the story, lit up excited about what God was doing. Why? Enjoyable relationship, history, a lot of similar vision. A lot of similar values. Driving in the car in mm, my old suburban, easy conversation. Compared to this week we moved, I dropped off the moving truck and then I got an Uber to get back to my house. <laughs> and I was intentionally trying to form conversation with a stranger. And so, I'm, of course, I've got the goal to invite him to church. So I'm talking to him about Radiant and he's like, man, I'm moving to Phoenix on Monday. And I was like, strike swing and a miss, you know, like that's not going to work. And, and I started talking to him about, well, you know, wife and kids. And he's like, I'm single. And 
I, I, I was just, I mean, I was getting nowhere. And it's that sitting in the back, just a little bit awkward. And, 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 and it was just kind of awkward conversation. Like I just couldn't kind of land the plane. Finally, we got a little bit of conversation around Patrick Mahomes. Like that was like, we were united. Like, all right, yeah, he's good. And, and, and he, that guy knew way more than me. So then I was kind of faking it, you know, like, oh, yeah. And I'm pretending like I know some statistics that I don't really know. And well, of course. And, and, and he's talking about the backup and I'm just, well, yeah, yeah, it's got a logo, you know, like, and, and, and what I found is, is that one conversation, man, let's talk some more, enjoyable, like it, love it, let's go, I like, and then another one that's a little bit awkward. So conversation with longtime friend, enjoyable. Conversation with stranger, wee bit awkward. Just trying, you got this mandatory time from Home Depot to my house, about eight minutes. Gotta fill up the time, gotta, how to, missing each other. And here's where I wanna go. You have a relationship with God, period. And the question on if it will be enjoyable is to the degree that you have like history. And Jesus here starts talking about secret history. I mean, he uses the word secret. He's talking about things that you're not putting on a billboard and telling everybody. Billboard is old words for Instagram. I mean, it's like secret. It's just you and God. I don't have to tell a soul about my God time. Today, I could just be me and God. All right, just, all right. And so... It doesn't have to be, it's just me and him. It's this relationship. So Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about secret giving, not where I broadcast it, not where I want my, my name to be on a brick and a building. It's just between me and God. Secret fasting, not where I'm trying to show off to everybody that I am religious or that I, no, it's me and God. And the big one here is secret conversation. It's, it's this secret life in God. It's just not secret in the sense that, uh, it's secret in the sense that it's just this history between you and him. And then vision. When you have his vision, when you have your vision plus his vision, you have division, two vision. It's like, I'm trying to do my thing, get just a little Jesus frosting on my life versus thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth that is in heaven. And so I want what you want. So when I've got history and I've got vision that's the same and I've got values, like what's in his heart is what's on my heart. What God cares about is what I care about. As that transformation starts to happen around that friendship with God, you watch. You won't criticize the people that talk about prayer. You'll become one of them. You'll be one of the people that go, ah, oh, it's enjoy. I just, I want to steal away. I want to be one of those people that get alone with God. Why? Not because I want to be seen by man, because I want to be seen by my father, because I like him, because it's enjoyable. And when you go, I really have my own vision for my life, but I want to have the appearance of a little bit of a God life. I really have my own values. I don't have much of a history. Your conversations with God look a little bit like filling in the blanks in homework, where you're just, what do I got to do to make it? It's like an Uber drive home. I got to fill the conversation up. So what's up? You know, like, here's the dream. The dream is that like Jesus, each of us would be rooted in such a depth of relationship that actually the place that we long to be is to get alone with him like Jesus told us to do and like Jesus personified. Jesus showed us how to do it. And we see Jesus not approaching being alone with his father as an obligation, but as a delight. Not as something that he has to do, but as who he, what he wants to do, who he is. And when I look at Jesus alone with his father, there's moments, like we read the moment where he's, 
in Luke 6, where he's about to go select his disciples. And so because he's going to select his disciples, he's not saying, I have a big job I have to do today, therefore I don't have time to pray. No, actually in the text, that's the moment where it says he prayed all night. Why? Well, because I'm connected to my father and I need him and he leads me and guides me. I do nothing apart from the father is what he says. And so I gotta be with him. Or the moment where he's about to embrace the cross, Luke gives us a story that he actually got alone with his father in the garden of Gethsemane and he sweat drops of blood, meaning that those big moments that he was making big decisions where he's laying down his life, where he's doing life, he's finding strength spiritual strength from being alone with his father. Mark 1.35 says that he, always, he Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to be with his father. Why? He's not doing this to do those devos as a mandatory obligation to prove to God that I like him. No, it's a life source. And we read like in John 17, where we read Jesus and he's talking about his history with his father, where he says, I was with you before the creation of the world. We read about his vision. I, I came and I came that they might have life and life abundant and I want them to be reconciled to God. And we read about his values, about God to the father. And I, and I love this phrase where he says to his father in verse 23, he says, I want them to know that you love them even as you love me. We find Jesus having a history with his father, Jesus having the same vision and values with his father. And it makes getting alone with his father, not the obligation, not the duty, it's the delight of his life. And when Jesus comes here, and he gives a little window into how to be alone with your father. He talks about it in terms of a secret. And so he's saying, but you, here's what I want you to do. In Sermon on the Mount, he says, I want you to go and he says this, just go and shut the door. Just kind of, I just, I just like that. Because inherent in this idea of shutting the door, it's a visual picture that I'd like us to think as you go into this last week of spending time alone with God each day. And of course, my prayer is that it sticks. And that on day 22, you're like, oh, you know, like, I want to keep going. This is a life source for me. They say that a habit is formed in 21 days. My hope is that this habit gets strong. And like Jesus often withdraws, that you'll often withdraw to be alone with your father. And here, Jesus, when he gives us like a window into uh, how to be alone with God, he says this, he says, he says, close the door. And it's this idea of eliminating the distractions. I think it's interesting in Luke 22, 41, it says that Jesus went a stone's throw beyond them and, and knelt down and prayed. Now, I just, I love that visual because I wanna invite you to constantly, daily, go a stone's throw, getting away from the crowd, getting away from the public, getting away from others to be with God. Make it a priority. Oftentimes, the only way that you'll find strength in the secret place is when you're willing to walk away from the public place. And every iPhone is a public place. Every iPhone is filled with constant perpetual news, sports, friendships, relationships, tasks at the office. And I wanna invite you to just make airplane mode your best friend and turn or, or, or shut it off, get away, step away from, I'm talking a chair, I'm talking a coffee shop, I'm talking a part of your life is when you walk into a hotel, you're thinking, mm, that table tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., that looks like, mm, that's my spot. Mm, I'm, I've, got, I've got a vision or maybe at your house, that, that chair at 7 a.m. or that couch when the kids take a nap or, and you've got a part of your dream of your life 
is not how do I prove to God that I still like him and do some devos, no. It's I was made for relationship. The relationship that I care the most about is that relationship with God, and I'm going to be intentional. I'm gonna constantly be going a stone's throw away from some really important things to be alone with my father. Jesus has it an exam- as an example, and this idea of shutting the door will require you to eliminate some distractions. We have an abundance of distractions. You, I'm not, I mean, all of us, every single one of us who live, in my opinion, in the, the biggest smorgasbord of temptation ever in terms of what could potentially distract us. And so it will be a conscious decision to constantly say no to some good things for the thing that you care about more than anything. And that's your relationship with God. That's why here we have right as our vision statement, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. That first one is the big one. That first one is 27 point font, bigger than the rest, know God. Like that is the dream. And I wanna invite you in these 21 days where you're making it, what, you're making it this resolution. I, I, I'm gonna know, God, I'm gonna get with him. I, I, even when it doesn't feel like it's a fountainhead, even when it doesn't feel like it's amazing and wonderful, it is this resolution. Just like when you made this decision, all right? I'm gonna get married and there's some good days and there's some bad days. It's covenant. It's I'm all in. And because it's my conviction, then there are days that my emotion might not be there. But because it's my conviction, I just let my emotions catch up. I wanna invite you, that conviction, Conviction to know God. That clear, I'm gonna, uh, that, that's what I was made for. That's Jesus' prayer in John 17, 3, that they would know you. It, this, is, this is Jesus' prayer. This is Paul's confession. This is who we are. And the temptation is to live off of logic that says, but I have to make a paycheck, but I have to get insurance, but I have to spank these children tonight, but I have to... <laughs> What are you laughing at? All right, no, just kidding. Whatever your story is. Uh, like, I, I have to do all these things. And, and, and it's interesting because Jesus hits on this. Like, Jesus, in that story that we love of Mary and Martha, where it says that Martha got distracted, but Martha was distracted by really good things. Martha was distracted with serving Jesus. Hello! But that's the phrase in the text. And look, Martha was distracted. I'm just telling you, man, I want permission, permission to push away some other things in order to make this top priority in your life. David, you beat this drum last week. Yes, I did. David, you beat this drum the week before. Yes, I did. This is three weeks where I got this dream for my life, for my wife's life, for my kid's life, for your life, because it's not my dream. It's God's dream for your life. That you would know him, that you would have what he wants more than anything, what you're made for is relationship. And we've got 10,000 temptations to do 10,000 other things. But imagine you, picture in your mind, what does it look like? Not to always have the reason when you stand before God and go, well, I was busy with this, busy with this, busy with this, busy with that, busy with this, busy with that. But to stand before God and to go, ah, enjoyable. It's, it's relationship, not perfect. Not always, I'm not talking about tingly feelings. I'm talking about the word of God coming out of you like a river. I'm talking about whether you feel it or not. I'm talking about this conviction. I was made to know God. My relationship is real. I have shut the door on these distractions so that I can come before him, have real relationship with him. This second phrase I want you to see is this phrase. Jesus highlights it where he says, and pray to your father. A lot here, you go a lot of different directions, but I wanna, I wanna just lean into this one. 
pray to your father. If you want the fires of prayer to be reignited in your personal devotional life, let the doctrine of adoption come alive in you again. Let this idea of that you have been adopted, that here is Jesus. I mean, the father sends the son and Jesus prays in John 17. Jesus prays that you love them as you have loved me. Why? How can that be? Well, because of who Jesus is, what Jesus did on the cross, he created the way for you to enter into his family forever and ever. And now you get to stand as a daughter, stand as a son in the presence of the father, adopted and loved by God like he loves his son. You talk about something that'll light up your heart again. If it's not about you, but it's about him and the focus goes on him, you watch, you'll start to, you'll start to go, oh, you're so good. God, you are a father. You adopted me. You love me. You delight in me. I like the way that Eugene Peterson put it in, the paraphr- in his paraphrase, the message. Here's what I want you to do. Verse six, find a quiet, scheduled, interest, sorry, not scheduled. That's me. I just changed the word because it's what I want so bad. Find a secluded, <laughs> that's, anyway, find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. Here it is. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. So I think we kind of see when Jesus talking here, he says, he says, so don't babble like the pagans for they think they will be heard by their many words. It's interesting. So pray to your father, it's family relationship. It's kind of juxtaposing family prayer versus this idea of pagan prayer. But when he gives us a window into pagan prayer, it's this idea of babbling because they think they'll be heard by their many words, i.e. their focus is on me. Look what I'm doing. Come on. And the focus, the attention is on my merit. And I'm asking, come on. And Jesus is saying here, remember, he is a father. You are a a Adopted, you've entered into relationship and come and approach him like a father, not based upon your own merit, not because of what you've done, but because of who he is. So there's a little pushback when you talk about this idea because Jesus also tells us to ask, seek, and knock. And he tells us to ask like little children, that, that persistence message, that Luke 18, where, hey, I'm gonna come like the woman to the judge and I'm gonna be persistent. But here's the point. The focus is always on his goodness, not on you. You be persistent like a child, to, a, but the focus is on God, not on you. The focus is on him. And so Jesus is saying, Just close the door and pray to your father. He's a father. And if you'll focus on him, you'll experience his good grace. And the way that you enjoy prayer will be not with the attention of what you, how good you are, but on how good he is, how he is the father. I was thinking about it this way. This summer, I had two different times where my family uh, wasn't staying at our house. The first one was on our vacation, all right? And the second one was uh, when we were moving. So when we went on our vacation, we stayed at a hotel. And when I was at the hotel, here's my approach at the hotel. The approach is on me and my dollar, right? Hey, I paid for this, mm, give me a late checkout. Hey, if you had to be here last week. I, 
I, I paid for this. I want the food to be right. Hey, this is about my dollar. Make sure that this is right. This I, focuses on me. This is, this is pagan prayer. This is me. This is attention on me. But there was another week where our house is up for sale. My dad who, and mom who are gone say, you can stay at our house in Belton. So we stay there, not for a dollar, but for free. I didn't stay there for a dollar, for a hundred dollars and for a lot more than that, for, but for free. And, and, and here's, here's, here's the idea when I'm staying at my father's house. It is not, I don't come in there and go, hey, I need the towels right, I need the food right, I need everything right because this is my dollar. No, I didn't get there because of my dollar. I got there because of my father. I got there because of my relationship. So I hang out at father's house with just gratitude for, hey, what's, what is in the fridge? What is, we get to, the whole square footage is for us and my approach is not, mm, I'm here and I just, it's all his grace. I'm only here because of the position that I stand in as a son. So I like hanging out in the father's house, not because I deserve it, but because my dad is so generous. So for you, you wanna just ignite up your devotional life. Don't babble like the pagans because you think you'll be heard by your many words. Now come to your father and say, all is grace. I was an orphan and you adopted me and you love me, and you delight in me, and you enjoy me, you like me. Yeah, I'm not, I was thinking about my friends. You know, I love the idea of adoption, right? Because adoption just shows, it's such a beautiful picture of the kingdom, right? So like Jeremy and Stephanie Doolin, I love the way that they've adopted. And there's so many people in our church that have adopted. I love that story. Some of uh, my, my dear friends in Colorado, Renan and I did life with them. Like before they were even married, we went on a double date with them. We did a midnight showing of uh, Fellowship of the, the Twin Towers, um, the Rings. And I um, can't remember what it's called. Fellowship of the Rings. The, what's it? it doesn't matter. Lord of the Rings. All right, thank you. And... Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about that, like how absurd a midnight showing, like I don't even know what that is anymore. This is before we had kids. Like now I'm in bed, 10 o'clock. Anyway, so, but, but, but we, we had this history together and, then, and then, then we had a little baby boy in June of 2004 and then they had a baby boy in August of 2004 and then they had three more kids, two boys, two girls. We had two boys, two girls, all of them between 2004 and 2010. So we're like close, we're on staff together. We're like best buds doing life together. And then they adopted two more kids and I'll never forget watching the way that they loved all six of their children that all six of their children came to the table, that all six of their children were in the family Christmas photo, that all six of their children went on vacation, all six of their children got great clothes on the first day of school. Here's my point. There was no one or the other. It was out of the heart of a father is I take care of, I love, I delight in all of my children. You've been adopted. This idea of a father that he goes, you know what? Come sit at my table. Come, I want relationship with you. Yeah, but it seems like you have more relationship with Nathan because he's smart and he has perfect attendance. No, I have a relationship with you. Yeah, but it seems like so-and-so, no, shut up. I want relationship with you. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, no, you, I want relationship with you. You've been adopted. You want a heart alive. You want that secret time alone with God to come alive. Shut the door, punt on some things 
that are good things, but not God things and create some time and some space. Go a stone's throw beyond the public place. Get alone to the secret place and you watch your secret sins start to go away as your secret prayer starts to come alive. You'll watch God start to be at work inside of your heart. The best thing you can do is get alone with God, get in that secret space, be with him, shut the door. Shut the door on those other things. Make space to be with your father. And then this last phrase that I love, and you gotta get this in you to believe it, but it says this, he'll reward you. Now, to the Christ follower, this is so life-giving because the cynics will always look at you and say, "Eh, God's not at work. And you're one of those people that say, God is at work, God is at work. You're one of those people, why? Because you've been with them, you've prayed it. So you've prayed for your anger to decrease. You've prayed for so-and-so to to take a step closer to God. You've been praying for the end of your anger. You've been praying for, uh, name it, and you start to see just the, the hand of God at work in the world. And people that don't pray don't see the hand of God like you see the hand of God. That takes faith to believe that because 10,000 cynics will look at you and say, you're crazy. Read the New Testament. They're supposed to think you're crazy. I was reading this and look at this quote. It says this, it's uh, William Temple. He said, when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I stop praying, the coincidences stop happening. The world will just go, it's coincidence. Story after story of your life. To me, I get teary sometimes when I tell stories about God's activity. And when I'm I'm talking about it, it's alive inside of here because I know that I saw God work. But people that don't believe in God, they look at it and they shrug their shoulders like, eh, maybe, maybe not. But as the life of the follower of Jesus, I wanna invite you, that is the life of faith. We have banked everything on this. We're just banking our lives that God is real, that Jesus is who Jesus said he is that he really is the son of God, that the scriptures really are the word of God, that the Holy Spirit really is at work today in the life of the believer, and you believe in faith. He's gonna reward my prayers that I pray in secret. He is at work, and you will have the constant temptation because of your busy schedule, your constant temptation because of your doubt, because of other people's words, because of your financial needs, to put anything and everything above being with Jesus. But I wanna invite you, go a stone's throw. Figure out how to shut off the phone, how to walk away from the crowds. Listen, Jesus does this. Jesus, I was thinking about Jesus leaves the disciples, the stone's throw. So he leaves the ones who in the future, I mean, they're gonna, some of them are gonna pin, I mean, the Holy Spirit to them, they're gonna pin the new, some of the New Testament. I mean, John and Matthew and, Peter, and Jesus walks away from those guys to be with God. Jesus walks away with guys who, book of Acts, are gonna proclaim the gospel, walk in miracles. And he has a priority to be with his father that caused him to leave away a great ministry endeavor. Don't get me wrong, I know, he spent his life with his disciples. My point is this, he walks away for a moment to get refueled, to be with his father, to get connected to his father so that he can do that better. He does the same thing when he walks away from crowds. Sure, preaching, healing, all those things. But he walks away from crowds. He walks away from even his, his, his disciples to be with his father. 
Here's what you gotta get deep inside of you. It's this, I'm willing to walk away. I'm gonna shut the door on, I'm gonna walk away some, some, from some distractions. I'm gonna be with my father. Let that adoption come alive. To be with my father. Not, it's, it's not homework. It's not me trying to prove to somebody that I'm religious. No, I'm not babbling like the pagans. I'm coming before my father. All is grace. My focus is not on me. My focus is on him. And I believe in faith that he's at work, that he will reward me. Watchman Nee said, Satan's strategy is to put everything related to the Lord before prayer and make prayer the least important matter. C.S. Lewis said, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. So what would happen if we lived this text as well as we know it? Easy today to say, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, this is one that we hear all the time. This is one that we know. The vision is, as we go into this fall, that we would live it. The vision is, is that we, as we go into this fall, that we would be people rooted by streams of water, literally just sucking the life out of the stream. We are, I mean, we're rooted in God. We're rooted and established. It's our foundation. You will have a foundation. The question is, what will it be? I'm rooted in relationship with God. It's who I am. It's what I want. And I'll close with this. I want to invite you to have a dream of you being close to God and don't allow methodology talk to become the hurdle. Meaning, even this week on Instagram, I put up some prayer labs and just I just want to show you a way that I spend time with God. And many times as I've discipled people at a Starbucks table, they begin to push back. That methodology doesn't work for me and therefore I'm checking out on it. I wanna invite you to this. Don't let the method be the hurdle or the stumbling block. In fact, I would say that one of my spiritual heroes, I talk about him all the time. He preached here, Dick Eastman, he's in his 70s. But I don't use his method, but I want to be inspired by his faith. Renata, my bride, she's got a lady that inspires her that's in her 60s. And every time we go to Colorado, she tries to have tea. Who has tea? She has tea with her. And she doesn't do the same method of being alone with God as that lady. She's just inspired by her life. You don't have to embrace a certain method. Just embrace the pursuit of God. I'm going to know. It's Paul's confession in, Ephesians, in, in uh, Philippians 3. I want to know Christ. Get that just deeply embedded in you. It's the first dream that we have for you. I believe it's God's dream for you. I have this in me. I'm gonna go. I wanna invite you to even plan. This is our last week of these 21 days. And even if you haven't been with us for the last 14, jump in tomorrow. Jump in today. Just, I can handle, I can handle I can handle turning off halftime and be with God. I, you know what? I don't, I don't really need the third quarter. I could just, I could just be with God in the third quarter. I, I, you know what? I, I, I realistically, I, I, you figure it out. I could create, I could walk away from the public space to be with God in the secret place. I want to be with him. And what I'm telling you is this. This is not theory. This is reality. You watch the saints, the people who've done this for years and years. And this relationship with God is what causes tears in their eyes. This is what caused them to light up. 
hey, you made a million dollars. Hey, you had a big ministry. Hey, you, had, you, you, you spent hard days in a tough job, hard days in a prison, hard days. If you have people who they've been with God for years, I'm telling you, you see it. They start talking about God activity. They start talking about a father that loves them. And this, this thing that, man, more than working out and mm, more than nine to five and more than mowing the yard and more than being a great cook, more than everything. Here's this one thing that I desire and that will I seek. I want to dwell with God. I want to be near him. I want to be close to him. We bow your heads with me and let's pray together. Father, we come before you in the middle of these 21 days and we ask Lord Jesus that we would be a people that know God. I pray for my friends and God, we just recommit yet again to live this. And I pray your strength for them. I pray that the excellency of knowing Christ would grow and take root in my heart and theirs. We pray that we would be a people that know God, that just do what Jesus did, spend time, do a fresh work, I pray. If you're here today and you wanna begin a journey with Jesus, I wanna invite you just to repeat this prayer. You can start today. Just come before God and just say this, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Heal me, forgive me, change me. Be my Lord, be my savior, be my king, be my friend. I will follow you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen.